You're listening to the It's Her Time podcast with Cody and Jess. Welcome back to the It's Her Time podcast. Is burnout a real thing? And how is burnout related to our hormones? How does it affect our hormones? I know that we talk a lot about stress on this um, podcast because stress plays a major role in hormone disruption. And so I love to give you girls the tools that can help us to reduce the negative effects of stress. On today's episode, I have a very special guest. Her name is Lisa Dunlop. She is a nurse practitioner as well as a burnout coach. I met Lisa at an event in... um, October in New York. And we hit it off right away. I seriously could have talked to her the entire night because I felt like we were so aligned with so many of the things that we believed in and what we practiced with our clients. And I could just tell she had a really great overall vibe. I'm excited for you girls to be able to experience this conversation with her and learn from her because we all can use a little help in the stress department. In fact, Women especially are negatively affected by stress. So it's extra important for us to learn these skills and to implement them in our lives. But before we go into this episode, let's join Jess for a Mixers Girls Say. So for this Mixers Girls Say, we put up a question box on Mixers and we just said, give us your questions and we will respond. So we're going to get some of those answers out right here. Let's do it. So one question, what are some foods that boost libido? Okay, well, pomegranate. Pomegranate is an amazing um, libido booster. It's super high in antioxidants, helps to reduce stress in the body. It helps to open up blood vessels, Mm -hmm. which is going to allow better sensation and better endurance. Um, Also beets, red beet is amazing. Same benefits. It produces nitric oxide in the body, which is necessary for your body to be able to have balanced testosterone and as well as have that energy and that endurance that you want in order to enjoy sex. I love it. Mm -hmm. Um, a girl wrote, I'm always the one to initiate sex with my partner. How do I tell my partner that it bothers me and it hurts my feelings? Um, I would recommend sitting down and not because I'm a professional therapist by any means. <laughs> no, but girlfriend to girlfriend. This yeah, is what we would do. I feel like it would be helpful to sit down and express how that makes you feel mm-hmm. in a very calm, safe setting where there isn't, um, aggression on like it's not the right time to do it when you're already arguing about something but I think it would be great to explain um how you always being the one instigating sex makes you feel and how much it would mean to you if you saw these two to three things I always think it's helpful to express really what are some things you're needing, not Mm -hmm. just leaving someone guessing on everything. So I would feel much better if you would attempt to do these two things for me. Would Mm -hmm. you mind trying these? And Mm -hmm. just, I think having a calm um, conversation about it. And I think also your partner would love to know that um, you would be open to more sex if there was some instigation on the other side. Yeah, absolutely. I have great advice. You should be a therapist. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Cody. Um, Last is how to gain sex drive while breastfeeding. A lot of questions about sex. All Mm -hmm. right. It's on our mind, girls. How to gain, how to improve your sex drive while you are breastfeeding. Okay. This is why you are struggling with sex drive is because that baby is sucking you dry Mm -hmm. of all of your nutrients, Mm -hmm. taking all of the nutrients. And we've talked about this many, many times, but I can't be enough of a broken record with this because it's so important. It's so important for us to replenish those nutrients. Nutrients are everything. It's what gives us life. It's what gives us the ability to be able to function optimally. And that includes with our sex drive. So what I would recommend is that you make sure that you are nourishing your body. So make sure that you are taking a prenatal, even after, even though this is postnatal, but take a prenatal vitamin. It's going to have a little larger dose of the nutrients that you and your baby need so that you aren't running dry. And you know, you also are going to be sleep deprived during this phase of life. This just is part of life. You're up all night. Um, so making sure that you are getting as much as possible that good, deep, restorative sleep. Mm-hmm. So if that means like taking naps during the day, that's okay. This is the phase of life that you're in. By doing that, by getting that good, deep sleep, by supporting that, and by getting the nutrients that your body is desperately needing, mm-hmm. that in and of itself is going to help you to be able to have more energy and a higher sex drive. I love it. 
Mixers is a company made for women by women. Each of our products have been carefully and lovingly crafted to support you in all stages of your life, providing you with the optimal health you deserve. Each ingredient we handpick is 100% all natural, backed by science and chosen specifically to better your life physically, mentally, and hormonally. Each product empowers your body to take charge of its monthly hormonal shift and flows, empowering you to live life to the fullest. Let mixers take care of your needs from sunup to sundown, and you take care of the rest. Check us out at mixers.com, M-I-X-H-E-R-S. All right, I'm so excited for us to all meet Lisa. I told you all about her in the intro, and I told you how much I absolutely adored meeting her and how I could have talked to her all night at the event in New York. But I want Lisa to have an opportunity to say hi and introduce herself as well. Lisa, tell us a little bit about you. Thanks for having me, Cody. It's super great to see you again and be here. And yes, I'd love to share. I'm a mom of two, a five and an eight-year-old. I've been a nurse and nurse practitioner combined for about 15 years now. And I'm originally from Seattle. I live now on a little surfer beach town in North Carolina, if you ever imagined that existed in North Carolina. (laughs) Um, That's one of my passions. And I've been on my own journey of transforming burnout as a nurse practitioner on the front lines in Seattle at the beginning of the pandemic to a business where I now help women in healthcare transform their burnout into reigniting their spark and really just restoring and reviving themselves again. Amazing. Well, I want to come and visit this surf town in North Carolina because <laughs> I love to surf too. And so it's fun to find uh, other girls that that like to surf. You know, there's not a lot of surfing. I live in Utah. There's not a lot of surfing here, but we try to make it a at least a yearly trip to the beach. Oh, yay. I thought I saw that on your socials and I'm so glad you surf. And yes, I'm actually eventually going to be doing adventure like burnout adventure days here in Wilmington and for women who feel burnt out to come out and experience surfing, stuffing, hiking. Um, but our surf is small. I should preface that. That's perfect <laughs> for me because I'm not very good at it. I should say I love to surf. I'm not a surfer. I would never claim to be a surfer, but I love surfing. Yeah. 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 Sign me up. Yeah. Beautiful. We, <laughs> yeah, my husband and me, that was part of the journey for me was stepping into my dream and moving across the country last year to walk the beach every day or Mm. close to every day (laughs) to surf and to just have more time and less stress. You know, we lived in Seattle and Hawaii and those were very uh, expensive cities, very wonderful cities, but the cost of living, we were working so much and we were burning out and missing time with our kids. And it's like, what's the point? Mm -hmm. I love that. And you know, there's so much like healing that comes from being connected, whether it's sand on the beach or the water, you know, in the ocean or in the mountains or anything that is nature. It's so important for us if we are, especially if we are feeling with like we are in a state of burnout and we're overly stressed. One of the best ways we can help reduce stress and kind of get our body back into a healing process is to connect with nature. So I think that's so smart of you that you saw that need and you made that a priority in your life. And now you're sharing all of that with other women and teaching them, you know, how to put this and implement it into their life. It's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. I love all of that. And I think that that's, it's almost the simple things that are the most healing. And for my burnout journey, when I was at rock bottom, like staring in the eyes of a life-limiting disease, like barely got off the, could get off the couch, depression, anxiety, um, you know, what it was healing the most. And this was like beginning of the pandemic, lights out Seattle, everyone stay at home. Mm-hmm was barefoot walking in my backyard with screaming toddler, five-year-old, <laughs> nowhere to go, um, and no yoga class, right? Right. And literally taking off my shoes. Everyone probably thought I was the crazy person. <laughs> and just feeling the grass and engaging my five senses. Yeah. And it was my first real experience of, and we've talked about this a little bit, like a practical ritual that like fit into my day and it wasn't a to-do list item And it was my first experience of really transforming fight or flight in the moment and being able to then connect back to myself. What am I feeling? What's going on? What can I do? How can I nurture myself? Oh, I love that. And it's funny that we think, oh, we look crazy because we're outside walking barefoot on the grass, but there's nothing (laughs) like 
more natural. And like, you know, it's, we're crazy to not be doing this. And so many of us are, are so disconnected from the earth, you know, because everything that we have like created to surround us, even the shoes that we're wearing, but you know, our homes and our cars. And I mean, we're just always kind of disconnected and protected from nature, but oftentimes that's one of the most important things that we need to be able to remember to connect with again in order to help provide healing and and that, you know, get us out of that fight or flight or sympathetic, you know, um, nervous system state. So, so yeah. So I think that I, I, we were all there. I remember those days too. And, um, it was, I mean, I am so grateful because I know so many people didn't have a backyard that they could go into. And I don't know how they made it through that, but it was getting out in the mountains, getting outside for daily walks. It was all of that for me too. That helped me to be able to kind of stay sane and also to feel like I was um, managing stress and not letting it go down a really bad downward spiral. So I love that. I love that. Yeah. And the, like the physiology behind that, that I've learned is that there's a couple things. Our senses are one of the fastest ways to shift from sympathetic to parasympathetic. So fight or flight to chill mode. Mm-hmm. When we can engage and get back in our body, so either naming what's going on in your body or naming a sense, a sensory experience, sight, smell, touch, taste, then we can actually, without even trying, we return to the present And then we can really feel what we're feeling and then reach for a tool to help with that stress. The other cool thing I learned as an, I'm a clinical aromatherapist and I didn't know this until I went through my own healing journey, but there's little receptors in our nose. I knew that, Mm -hmm. but it actually, when you got that fight or flight, you know, you like not breathing or you're breathing fast, you're clenching your jaw, your heart Mm -hmm. rate's going up. There's little receptors in our nose. And when we smell something, it goes to the amygdala, the stress center in the back, and it shifts it, right? So if you smell something good, then it actually tells you to slow down the heart rate, slow down the blood pressure, slow down the breathing. And that all happens on like an inhale and an exhale. And that's how, when I think of aromatherapy, um, you know, whether or not the actual scent is reducing your stress, the, just the act of smelling a flower, smelling lavender, um, smelling the grass, that wet grass smell that Seattle has every day. Um, <laughs> so, you know, that's kind of the physiology behind it that you can actually not only with a deep breath, but with some type of sensory experience really shift that stress for you. Amazing. I know I feel the same. I'm a big believer in using essential oils and things like that. I always have them burning at my home. And I know that people, you know, there's people make fun of all of us girls that love to burn our essential oils. We think that our essential oils like heal everything, but there's science to back up what exactly what you're saying, Lisa. There's so many ways when we can connect with all kinds of different senses. So whether it's smell, whether it's um, hearing, you know, taste, there's all of these things that are touch, all of the, all of our senses. <laughs> there's a way that these senses are these, what am I trying to say? They help us to be able to bring us into a state of presence and they help us to be able to reduce that level of stress and take us out of that sympathetic state and put us into that parasympathetic state, which you're talking about is like stressed out versus chill, you know, chilled out. So yeah. And I mean, even like with your drinks, it can be a simple act. As I talk about practical rituals, it's like you've got a glass of water and you want to make it more aromatic, more pretty, right? And these are quick things that a mom, a burnt out woman, um, a woman going through hormonal changes, right? And then we feel empowered, right? Because it's like something we're doing for ourselves and being mindful of it, not just like racing about the day. Oh, I have to drink my drink and I have to you know, do my mindfulness. It's more of like, oh, this is so cool. I'm like Mm -hmm. taking a moment to enjoy that tasty water or taking a moment to enjoy my backyard, like you said, because we have that privilege of having that. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because kind of like to reiterate what we've already been saying, but I love all of that is because it literally, when we have this to-do list, even if all of the things that we're doing are very helpful and they're very good for us, when we create this like to-do list, it can actually, doing all of the good things can stress us out more. But instead, like what you're saying is just 
have these things around you and available for you and be present. Take the moment to um, pay attention to what it is that you're putting in your mouth when you're drinking maybe a mixer's product. I love the idea of taking you know a moment to smell it. All of our mixer's products, you know, are they smell really good because we we flavor them with natural fruit. So they smell like the fruit of the flavor of whatever product you're using. But yeah, things like that I think are so important. Anytime we can put ourselves into the present state that is very, it's sending a a very strong safety signal to our brain that all is well and that we don't need to to worry anymore. So I love that. And I'm glad you mentioned the to-do list and that guilt and shame. That was a big part of my healing at rock bottom was this like sense of needing to always do, even if it was a yoga class. Yes. And then having guilt when I didn't make it. And then having an inner critic that came in there and said all these bad things to myself about not going to the yoga class. And it's like, wait a second, this is supposed to be self-care. And that's why I've kind of used the word self-nurture now and not, I love self-care too, but it has a different connotation for me. Self-care became this like, oh, I have to go do it. Someone yeah. says I need it. It's on my to-do list. And if I don't do an hour of yoga, I'm a terrible person. Versus, you know, I really flip that in that experience being stuck at home with, you know, a potential major disease that I was facing was like, what can I, can I do in today? Mm-hmm. What can I do yeah. in five minutes? And if I do five minutes of yoga, good job me. Yes. Not like shame on you because you didn't work on your abs of steel. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> And I love that you brought that up because women are so, their inner critic is so strong, right? Oh, I know. I know. Why do we, why are we so hard on ourselves? But I think it is somewhat in our nature. Maybe it's our society. I don't know. But I'm with you. I, you know, I've been in the health and wellness industry for 27 years now, I think. It's been a long time. And so I've, I've known all of the good tools to do. And I have got, I've been stuck in that little rut of, um, making all of the to dos like almost work against me, and I and I had I've talked about it on this on this podcast before about how I finally had this epiphany that doing all of these things was actually sending a signal to my brain that I'm in danger that there's I have to fix something, and so it was like even though they were very effective. Um, tools. It just wasn't having the effect that I was actually seeking. It was having the opposite effect. And so I did kind of what you're talking about. I I stopped making to-do lists because I'm a master like list maker. I've always been like that. And so I literally title it instead of to-do list, it's my best day list. And I will just write you know, the things that I would love to do. And if I did these things, it will be the best day ever. And it there's it takes the pressure off. So it's like I like you're saying, like if I get to the yoga class, it's like, good job. That was amazing. That added to my day, but not, oh, you didn't do that. It's like, well, I'll add that another time. It's okay if I didn't get to it today. It's just fine. I have all of these other things that help to add to the, you know, loveliness of my day. So <laughs> that's what yeah. works for me. Yeah. I, I love that. And I, I'm addicted to to-do lists still. <laughs> but I also do like a morning like self-nurture check-in of mm-hmm. like it's a three thing, it's three questions. It's a morning ritual. And hey, sometimes it doesn't happen in the morning. Sometimes it happens in my yeah. purse, dropping my kids off or picking them up at school. It's fine. Right. And it's really just what you brought up early, gratitude, that reconnection to what I'm grateful for. The question of how am I going to nurture myself in one way today? You know, today was stacked and back to back, just like most moms and entrepreneurs and working women. But I said, how will I nurture myself? And sometimes it's as simple as reading one quote from my favorite book Mm -hmm. or lots of water. It doesn't have to be grand. And it ideally, I'll still get out and walk a bit, but that's my second question. The third question I ask myself is kind of how, what would make today amazing? That's an intention for, you know, not necessarily successful, but what would make it good? You know, making a client laugh or making a patient laugh or Mm -hmm. laughing with my kids. Um, And those are just really three simple questions, right? I love that. I love that. I, in fact, I'm so happy that you shared because this is a question I love asking my guests because I think it's so fascinating. I'm a big believer in how we start our day and how that can set the rest of the day up for success or it can like make it so that 
the whole day just feels extra hard. And so you're right. Not only, I mean, I have a, I have my morning rituals and I've talked about it, so I won't talk about it now, but it's like, sometimes it doesn't always happen first thing right out of bed, right. but at some point during the day, I'm with you there. It, I make it a, a priority to connect with my spirit and then with my mind, and then with my body. And if I can do that, then it really does make me feel like my cup has been filled and I'm, or my oxygen mask has been put on. And then I feel like I can go out and I can serve others and I can give energy to whatever it is that I'm wanting to do with my energy that day. And it's, it leaves a whole other sense of, um, it, it leaves a different feeling than if I'm feeling like my energy is just being, pulled and taken from me, right? Instead, I feel like I'm able to give it more freely. Yeah, I love that. And that was also part of my healing journey was really up until this happened, I guess I was about 40 when I had this rock bottom experience. And up until that point, I always thought I had to give more, Mm -hmm. give out to gain worth. Yeah. And I think that's a very common thing for women. And I thought it was selfish to give here. And I I didn't know that self-compassion is really powerful for giving more. Like the more we give here with that kind words to our inner critic, that celebration, that, um, you know, just even honoring, oh, I'm, I'm feeling stressed and that's okay. Like, it's okay. I don't need to like hide it. I don't need to fake it. Um, those pieces were just so pivotal into my own transformation. Yeah. Will you tell us about what you went through? It sounds like that this was a big turning point in your life. You had a health scare and it kind of helped to put maybe things into perspective for you. Will you tell us a little bit about your experience? Absolutely. I would love to share. And I think it would help a lot of women because I think a lot of women have had similar health scares. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it was, like I said, the kind of the beginning of the pandemic, so rewind now two and a half years, right? Um, and I was working on the front lines in Seattle. Uh, so I was a hospice nurse practitioner. So those the first nursing home that had the outbreak was in my territory. So a very chill kind of mom job where I could go at my leisure became like through the roof stressful, right? Mm. And I didn't know I was burnt out. So a lot of times we don't connect the dots, like Steve Jones says, until we look back. (laughs) And so I didn't know. I I had all these symptoms, um, reflux uh, for someone who's very healthy into natural healing. I had migraines. I was getting back pain, irritable at home and work, dreading going to work, compassion fatigue at every turn. Like, don't tell me another complaint to my kids or patients. Um, didn't really see it. And like most, I was searching for answers medically, like, oh, well, it can't be my stressor, you know? So I went to all these doctors because I was, I overnight tried to run a race to prove to the world turning 40 that I still got it. Right. So I tried to run this like half marathon. I trained, but I couldn't run the whole race and not because there was an injury. I just something, my hamstring wasn't working. Well, I, I woke up the next day and I could not walk across the room. Um, I couldn't get up. I, I literally didn't know what was wrong. And so there was months of trying to unfold this. And so lots of doctors and imaging and injections and became the patient. Meanwhile, still kind of going in and out of work, dealing with the beginning of the pandemic. Um, and my family went up to the mountain for a ski trip. I was well enough. I had used a lot of my tools as an herbalist and energy healer and started to kind of work on the healing from within. And so we were going to take the kids up to the mountain before everything in Seattle was like lights out, stay at home. So I got a call that you never want to get from an OBGYN. And she said, do you have a minute? Can you sit down? And as a provider, I was like, okay, yeah, that's the worst question. Yeah. You know where that's like, going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, okay. And we're driving. So I'm sitting and you know, that's when you get that tunnel vision to like everything flashes from like the 40 years before to the life you might thought you might have. And yeah. she said, we found a grapefruit size, solid mass in your ovary on one of your back scans. And, you know, I had no history of cysts or masses or cancer. Um, 
oh, okay. Um, and she said, you know, we need you to race and this is an emergency and we need to figure this out. And I'm like, well, is it possibly, I'm thinking the worst as a yes. hospice practitioner. So mm-hmm. ovarian cancer is a very quick, deadly, silent killer because the symptoms mm-hmm. are a lot of the symptoms I was experiencing. Yeah. GERD. Anyway, some pain. Yes, so true. Um, and I was under a lot of stress. So we talked about stress, right? And so that was my first real cool, like wake up moment. That Your cool a- wake up moment. Got it. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll call it a reawakening. There you go. It, Which is cool. It, right. Yeah. Because up until that point in my life, I always chose the victim and the, mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to be judgmental, but that, oh, woe is me. And also the stress path mm-hmm. of like, oh my God, stop the car. Let's turn around. No. I didn't even know what self-compassion really was, but in that moment, I just said to myself, I took a deep breath and I'm like, what do you really need right now? Mm. And I thought, I'm not racing to that doctor's office. I'm not bleeding. You know, I've been dealing with this for months of Mm -hmm. trying to get it diagnosed. I'm like, what about a few days on the mountain with my family? That sounds like what I need Mm -hmm. because that is the place I would want to be should I be dying from this whatever we don't know um and i just said no i'll i'll see you in a few days we can do the stress path then mm-hmm. and i'd like to just spend time with my family so it was really cool we had this beautiful weekend my 3 year old got skiing i got to take some powder turns my husband did you know it was like bluebird we brought our nanny and Perfect. there was these moments of total human freak out like crying <laughs> of course of course I'm yeah dying. <laughs> yeah. Because that's the mind-body connection, right? Mm-hmm. And then there were moments of being on top of this mountain going, you know what? I have a choice. If I'm dying, where do I want to be? How do I want to feel? How do I want to spend these days? Because here I am, the pandemic I can't control. I can't mm-hmm. even control my body, which up until that point, I thought I could. Mm-hmm. And that was interesting. And all I can control is my thoughts and my heart. And I'm going to do that. And so for the next three months, while we waited for answers and I was on disability from work, so I was privileged to be at home managing this, except two kids off of childcare stuck with me. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we we can't go anywhere because of the pandemic. A lot of pain, a lot of emotions. And I decided every day at noon, I'd get on my yoga mat. And I would ask myself that question. What is it you need to feel nurtured in this moment? Not like tomorrow, not tonight, next week, this moment. Mm -hmm. And my husband was amenable to that. He'd watch him for his lunch break for an hour every day. And it wasn't this pressure I'd always put on myself. Oh, go do yoga. Or you can't lay down. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like, I need to cry and lay down today. That's what I'm doing for my hour. Mm -hmm. I need to call girlfriends and talk. I'm going to send an email to my community and that I trust and have them envision this mass dissolving, healthy cells. Um, you know, it's like you have this choice. We can go down fear and anxiety and that whole stress response, or we can decide to use our mind body to start healing. And I just imagine, I said, imagine me surfing, snowboarding, being a mom again, because all these identities were gone for the moment. I couldn't mm-hmm. go out be a mom and go be a nurse practitioner. And so people were envisioning that for me. I practiced that barefoot five senses. I um, honored my feelings and practiced self-compassion every day. And lo and behold, we get um, an answer that it's not ovarian cancer. Yay. Thank goodness. Yes. Yes. And they said it still could be other kinds. And now you're on a surgery wait list. Everything's in lockdown. I don't care how much pain you're in. Don't come to our ERs, you know? And so there was, that was humbling number two, because it was like waking up in the middle of the night with some severe pain and a lot of symptoms coming and going, coming and going, and just having to breathe and again, choose joy and laughter and what I can be grateful for or sit there and like misery. Yeah. Um, and just have that that image of how do I want my children to see me? You know, how do I want to be? And with someone who struggled with depression their entire life, 
it's clinical, but it is a very self like kind of like narcissistic at times where you're just like, whoa, is me, you know? Mm -hmm. And so uh, we went in for surgery, finally got surgery and she came out and I said, did you take my ovary out? She said, no, because there was nothing there. Wow. She said, I got five sets of eyes in there and we Mm -hmm. looked at your scans and this was three months ago. And she said, I've never seen a solid mass disappear. She said, maybe shrink or, and there was no sign that it burst or anything. And she's Mm -hmm. like, I don't know what happened. And I just knew it was like my whole Mm -hmm. life. I've been working on these like mindfulness and mind body, you know, woo woo. And I didn't know that I believed it that much, (laughs) but it just was like, oh my God. Yeah. Filling away the layers of the onion of my stress, getting to know my inner critic, learning to just cry when I needed to cry, learning to accept all parts of myself with all identities stripped away. I couldn't do much. And here I was trying to figure out how worthy I was without doing. Mm -hmm. And I just knew, I knew Mm. it was whole journey and of mind body connection working against me for burnout and then for me to heal that mass. And so like overnight I said to my husband, I'm quitting my high paying NP job. <laughs> I'm like half the income of our family. He's like, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm gonna help women in healthcare do the same. I don't know what I'm called yet. I'm just gonna empower them with tools for healing, reducing burnout, reducing stress accepting themselves. And that's how my business nurse your soul became. Okay. I have chills that have just been going nonstop of you as you've been sharing this story. Um, so many thoughts are going through my mind. So I'm so grateful that you shared this with all of us because I, first of all, you were very brave and very wise to immediately be able to tune into your own intuition. Cause I think so often so many of us, you know, I've talked a little bit on this episode about how important it is to stay connected and how we're often disconnected. And one of the things that we forget to connect to is that intuition that is that important part of our our life, our mind, our spirit, whatever, that can guide us and help us to know what medicine it is that our body needs. And the other thing I wanted to point out to, you know, everything you were just saying is that all of these things that you were doing by prioritizing your stress reduction, our moments are our medicine. And all of those moments that you were forgetting about the scary side of all of this and thinking of the hopeful possibility, that was medicine. That was reducing stress. And I I talk a lot. I I have an episode. um, I can post it in the show notes that talks about ways that are... um, our, when we suppress our emotions, how that manif- manifests in our body. And there's a, a lot that goes into um, the connection with like ovarian cysts and things like that. But I'll talk medically a little bit here, hormonally. I had a feeling about yeah. that. But I'm glad that you brought that up because yeah. when I then saw like a very emotional Ayurvedic doctor, energy healer after, he brought up a lot about that and mm-hmm. how the connection between emotions and particularly I think it was for me, it was like grief and anger. And I don't know if those are specific to that area. Yeah, they but. can be connected because um grief and anger are connected to our liver and how well our ovarian function or how well our ovaries function is very connected to how well our liver everything's connected. But yeah, what you're experiencing when you have that ovarian cyst is that you're dealing with a hormone situation where you are estrogen dominant. And a lot of times what leads to that estrogen dominance is, you know, we talk a lot because of mixers about how nutrient deficiency is the number one root cause of, you know, hormone imbalance, but also stress, also toxic overload. But the stress plays a huge part in it because anytime our stress hormones, cortisol, um, are high, then our sex hormones go low and particularly progesterone. And so even though, yeah, progesterone then will go low and then that, even though maybe estrogen is not necessarily very high, if it's higher than your progesterone, then that creates that estrogen dominant state. And one of the ways that your body then manifests this, and it's actually a healing response. It doesn't feel like it's a healing response because it's something that feels terrible and unwanted, but it is a healing response to that hormone imbalance. And so 
just as much as like going in and getting a surgery, you know, to remove it. Instead, you went after the root cause. And I think that you did that instinctually. And I think that's really brave. And maybe that had to do with your background in medicine, but also the fact that you do um, kind of study, you know, mind-body connection and things like that. I think maybe that really helped you be able to know what was right for you. I just think that's so amazing. I, I think it's miraculous. But at the same time, I also think that it makes a lot of sense. And um, and that I hope that gives a lot of hope to some of our listeners to understand that, um, our, like I said, our moments are our medicine. These little things that we do in our life are some of the best medicine that we can actually give ourselves. Oh, well, thank you for all of that. There was so much gold. I've like wrote down moments are medicine. I love that. <laughs> And because that's a lot of what I teach. It's like these moments, right? And they, you know, even self-nurture became a food group for me. I know you talk nutrition too. It was like, Mm -hmm. now it's a need. It's not a want anymore. This is like, I need it every day. Yeah. And it's it's not indulgent. Um, it's a need. And I love that you explained all that connection with the hormones because I don't think, no, I didn't know any of that. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a nurse practitioner, but our training, I wasn't in women's health. So, mm-hmm. you know, as a geriatric NP, we really don't learn too much about hormones. Um, and I 100%, it was my holistic background. I was an herbalist and a trained in energy healing long before I was a nurse or nurse practitioner. In fact, and not to put down Western medicine, we need it. But that whole journey was not a positive experience. I didn't go into all that, but with all the doctors I saw and, you know, the the lack of empathy, the lack of even searching for the cause, right? Mm -hmm. It was really just, well, here it is. We're going to cut it out of you. And, you know, and it wasn't until I saw that sort of spiritual, uh, spiritual Ayurvedic doctor who kind of connected the dots for me. Um, and I think that really it was intuitive. It was, you're right. It was, it wasn't like I was trained in self-compassion that I researched and found. I was like, I'm alone here and stuck at home with these little kids. And I feel like I lost all my coping tools mm-hmm. and what else can I do? Um, and I had known about envisioning things and just having a community, you know, I'd read stories about people praying for miracles and it happening, you know? And so also I want to bring up that the vulnerability and the authenticity piece was new for me. There was a lot of ego going on, a lot of achieve this and do that. And there was a lot of healing and I don't know the connection there with hormones and the ovary, but just being who I am and speaking who I am. And that seemed to really unfold a lot of the healing. Oh, it's, yeah, it's a huge part of it. And it's amazing um, that you, you remembered that your soul remembered that. Um, I, I, my practice that I used to run before mixers was called soul happy and healthy. And it was because so much of the healing had to do not just with the food on our plate or the way that we moved our body, but it was how we were feeding our soul. So like you're talking about doing those things that nourish our soul is one of the best ways for us to be able to become, um, not diseased. We're in ease. Instead, we are, our body wants to work optimally. It wants to stay healthy. And anytime it goes into where we're getting symptoms and stuff like that, it's our body just trying to talk to us and tell us that something's off. We're either not getting what we need or we're doing things that are working against our hormones or our health, you know, instead. And so, so yeah, I think that's so amazing. I love everything that you're sharing. I This is why I was talking about girls. Why I was like, when I talked to Lisa, when we met in New York, I was like, I literally could have talked to you all night. I just could tell. Um, it was such a loud room, but I could tell that there was just this amazing um, energy about you. And so, so yeah, I, I'm loving this conversation. I, I felt the same way. Definitely. I felt the connection. I love your guys' podcast and following your bright colors on social media. See, that nurses my soul too, is like colors and just Mm -hmm. like vibrancy. And I do want to draw attention a little bit to like why women feel this way, because I think we don't realize, but statistically women are more burnt out than men. They Mm -hmm. have more higher rates of depression and 
higher rates of burnout. And that's because we are typically sandwiched between caregiving a little bit for our parents Mm -hmm. and caregiving for our children more. Men are doing a lot more now, but still. And I think there's not a lot of that soul feeding. You know, I think we're feeding our family's soul or I, in my case, my patient's soul. And, um, and then how do we look in and, and some women that I've met forget, they even forget like, wait, how do I, what feeds my soul again? Like yeah. what do, you and I mentioned surfing, you know? And so it's like, even just trying new things to get out there and have fun that you haven't done ever is a mm-hmm. one way to do it. And I think nourishing the soul with, um, exercise always, but nature too. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure and you have a long If list. you can exercise in nature, even better, <laughs> right? Doing things that bring you joy. I think sometimes we put exercise on our to-do list, but we forgot. We forget that moving our body can be a form of like expressing our joy. And so finding ways to exercise, whether it's hiking or going surfing or paddle boarding or skiing or whatever, there's so many ways. Um, just even a nice walk outside is such a joyful way of moving our body and getting the same benefits as if we're just walking on a treadmill, you know, and, you know, so yeah, we forget. Yeah. And I think also that like lends to where exercise becomes more for our mental health rather than, oh, for my weight loss. And then the weight loss could be a byproduct, but really it's like, and I like to always kill two birds with one stone. Like you just mentioned, like I love the book Atomic Habits and I kind of put it in my in my work with like mindful atomic habits, I've kind of added on where it's like combining something you're already doing with something that feeds your soul. So like getting out in nature and exercising, that's like awesome, right? Yeah. Or maybe even with a girlfriend, it adds like three facets of like soul. And um, in fact, I even started like a mom surfing group here in North Carolina because I just wanted that for other women to have that social that nature, that exercise. And then we watch our babies, you know, we swap baby care while we're, you know, out there in the waves and for our kids to see that, you know, I think some, I used to feel guilt. And then it was like, I want my kids to see me taking care of me. I Mm -hmm. want them to know mom's night out is happening. Mom's going surfing. You know, my son like complained to his teachers. He said, my mom's always gone surfing in the morning. <laughs> I thought at first I felt bad. And then I was like, you know what? I'm kind of proud of that. Like, yeah. <laughs> you should be. I, I have grown children. So I can tell you that, especially as they get older, they're going to appreciate even more. Uh, when I was raising our kids, we lived in a really beautiful place in Northern California near Lake Tahoe. And we lived in an area that's called Lake of the Pines. And so we were blessed to have this beautiful lake. And um, I was doing triathlon at the time, but I started going swimming in this lake every day. And then sooner than later, all of a sudden, all of these friends wanted to come and join me. We'd go swimming. But then we decided, you know what? So-and-so's got a really fun boat. Let's go wakeboarding. Let's go do, like, let's do this. And then, so we get up really early, crack of dawn, you know, and go do this and have this fun, like way to start our day. And then we just get back in time to take our kids, you know, to school. And so sometimes we'd go back and go wakeboarding after we dropped them off at school, but you know, I was a working mom as well. So that didn't always happen, but it was really fun. And, and I think that my kids kind of knew that I prioritized my own play that I prioritize my own like life, like having interests and hobbies and things that feed me and feed my soul so that I have more to give, honestly. And so, so yeah, now that they're adults 30 and 27, they're like, I love that you were like that. You just, you taught us, you know, that that's how, how important it is to, to prioritize, you know, your happiness. Yeah. And I, I'd love to see the research or something. I I am now I'm going to look it up. Like when women get together, yeah. I swear, like that the stress hormones go down. Well, in the right way, we women get together, like for an yes. example we're talking about. And I feel there's a different resonance. Um, and I wonder, you know, what if our cortisol's dropping and if our, you know, I it's kind of like when your cycle gets synced with other women. Yeah. So there must be something to that. Because it's that. really magical seeing women paddle out and women who've never uh, done it either. That just said, I want to come, of course, come along. Like, and that confidence you get right from being around other women who are empowered, who want to do that type of thing. Mm -hmm. I know. I think that we're wired to, um, 
to connect with other women. It's like we want this community and we can kind of think back to past like cultures and different communities, you know, like I don't know. There it was that the women gathered together and they work together, they raise their kids together, they take care of the, you know, community together. I think it's really part of it's really important for us to make sure that's a big part of our lives. And so, you know, like we're saying, if you can combine that with other, you know, fun things, getting out in nature, you know, and laughing. I mean, there's so much evidence that shows just the fact that laughter can help to immediately reduce our stress hormones and help to put us into that happy, less stressed healing state. So, so yeah, that comes with all of that. Those women get togethers. I used to have a, a, when I first moved to Utah, I wanted friends. And so um, <laughs> I thought, you know what? The best way for me to meet friends that like to do the things I like to do is I'm going to just start putting invites out there. So I started a, a community um, that was called Fresh Air Fitness Fridays. Okay. And so I would say every Friday at 11 a.m., come meet at my gym because we owned a gym at the time. Um, and I'm going to take you hiking. I'm going to take you paddle boarding. I'm going to take you snowshoeing. I'm going to go do all of these things. And before I knew it, I mean, I would have 30 women every week that were going out and doing these fun things. And that's where I met my very best friends is because they came and they were the thing, they were the women that had the same um, desire to get out and do things and to connect and do the things that I also enjoy doing. So it's, it's a really fun way to do it. That's beautiful. You can come help me run my... I want to. Days. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like I can pick your brain because... Yeah. And you know, it was interesting when I, I did the same. I wanted to meet friends, like-minded yeah. friends. And 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 really for me, surfing spiritual, it's not about every wave. It's about the nature. It's about the gratitude, the ocean. If I catch a wave, bonus. If yeah. I don't, I'm not upset. And just a lot of women were like, I, 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 I need this. Like I, and you know, there's a lot of transplants coming to beach towns, really all mm-hmm. towns it feels like, but, um, people saying, I haven't felt included. I haven't felt really, you know, like I have a community and it just is so amazing to me that that's, we're so isolated, like um, yeah. in a time that like we could be always engaging. And so just like you, it was like, oh, I need a group. I'm lonely. I'm going to put this, maybe some other women and moms are lonely and want to surf. And so um, yeah. it's really neat to build community. And I think that there's a lot to that when it comes to stress and, um, you know, I imagine with hormones too. Oh yeah. The stress hormone connection is very, it's a big thing. And so it's important, but that's why I wanted to have you on here because I talk about it. I feel like in almost every episode about like, we have to reduce our stress and it's like, okay, but how it doesn't feel realistic to always feel like we're not stressed. That's not necessarily what I'm saying. We will always have stress, but doing some of the things that we're talking about today kind of helps us to redefine stress which then in turn can help us to have a different reaction to stress. And when we can do these things, like you've been sharing, um, these are the safety signal kind of, you know, things that we can do that help our body to then also then manage the amount of stress by lowering our stress levels. These all, these things all add up and they're powerful. And I, like, I call it medicine. Honestly, I think it's amazing that you have these retreats. Um, I want all of the women, hopefully, I mean, I know not all of us that's listening can go to these retreats, but hopefully some of them can. And, you know, it's a great way to meet really good friends. It's good for your health. It's good for your, you know, just good for your life. It's good for everything. So if you're not able to go to Lisa's, hopefully you can find another retreat that's out there. I know that they're popping up everywhere because there's such a need. There's a desire. So yeah, definitely. And those will be coming out in the spring. Currently, I have more virtual opportunities for women. And I did want to add one more thing, though, too, is just that idea of, um, you know, sometimes our day just is packed. It just is. And st- you said it. Stress happens. I get it. And that's those moments to just be compassionate. And just today is a hard day. I can't yeah. really fit in self-nurture. But like, for example, I was driving between patients today. It's like, but I am going to put on a podcast. I think it was your podcast. And I'm going to just enjoy that while I'm driving because that is something I can do. I have my aromatherapy in my car. You know, it doesn't, like you said, it can be really simple. It can Mm -hmm. be every time I walk from my car to my house, I'm just going to turn off all the future tripping, past tripping, and just enjoy the senses. 
mm-hmm. when I drink my coffee in the morning, instead of feeling guilty, like, oh, I should be drinking my green drink. You know, that's another thing. It's like, I'm just going to embrace this cup of coffee. And yeah, I love coffee and I ain't giving it up. <laughs> I don't care what you're going to tell me, but I know <laughs> I'm going to enjoy the ritual. And you I should. You know, because that in and of itself, like I keep repeating myself, but that in and of itself, Lisa, enjoying your coffee, being present with your coffee is medicine. And it's right. something that is so good. And, and it doesn't do us any favor to sit there and stress and, and feel guilt for maybe choices that we, I don't know, define as not healthy or not good for us. Well, who says, you know, obviously there's some things that we need to do and implement into our life and whatever. We know the good things and, but make it a, Implement it in your life in a way that makes you feel joy instead of feeling stressed out about it. Awesome. (laughs) Very cool. Well, I would love to share um, where people can find me if that's okay. Yes, please do. We want to connect with you. Tell us how. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram. It's Nurse Your Soul with Lisa. It's the same on Facebook. Um, And I have a great freebie link that I will give you guys going to be a guided self-compassion practice with a little mini training that goes with it. Um, and then I offer one-on-one coaching. I have group programs. Um, and more recently, I'm helping women kind of get from the bedside to building their own business without burning out or to reduce their burnout. Um, and that's my newest thing. So amazing. And I'm going to put all of this information in our show notes so that we make it easy for you to connect with Lisa. I mean, what do you think, girls? This is a pretty fun conversation, right? I know you girls are all loving the conversation and getting to know Lisa too and everything, all of her wisdom and just her heart, you can tell, is behind everything that she's sharing with us today. And that means so much to us, Lisa. We really appreciate you being a guest on the It's For Time podcast. Girls, if you have had an enjoyable time listening to this podcast and especially this episode, make sure that you go and share this episode with the girls in your life because sharing is caring. And it's so important for us to be able to share this message with so many of the people that we love because our life is our medicine. And the more we can implement some of these healthy habits into our life and these strategies, the healthier we're going to be, the happier we're going to be. So thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate it. Until next time, have a very happy and healthy week and we'll be back next Tuesday. Thank you.